Welcome back to the IoT Podcast. I'm your host, Tom White. Every week, we are joined by the biggest names in IoT to unravel the trends, misconceptions, and predictions for the Internet of Things. Before we get into today's episode, don't forget to subscribe on whichever platform you're watching or listening on and turn on that notification bell so you're never out of the loop. Today, I'm joined with the incredible Yasser Al-Sayed, VP of IoT at AWS. In this episode, we'll be breaking down the emerging opportunities and trends in IoT and the impact of AWS, and what's really in store for the next few years. This is a real milestone of an episode for us guys, and we wouldn't want you to miss it. Before we get into the episode, shout out to one of our sponsors today, 5D Tech. 5D Tech are specialists in finding people who make technology a force for good in the world. They bridge the gap between talent and deep tech businesses around the globe. Click the link in the description to find out more. Before we get into the episode, shout out to one of our sponsors, IoT Tech Expo Europe, the leading event for digital twins, IoT and digital transformation. Yasser, welcome to the IoT podcast. Welcome, Tom. Good morning. Well, thank you, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I've genuinely been really looking forward to this. I know it's quite easy to say that as a podcast host for every <laughs> guest, uh, and it feels somewhat a script to keep saying it, but uh, I humbly, genuinely am looking forward to this. You are a very, very prominent and well-known figure in our world of IoT, uh, and so it's been fantastic for you to free up some time to come talk to us today. So. Uh, I humbly appreciate it, and I'm. I am. I'm, to to I'm totally humble as well to be called that. <laughs> I hope uh, I'll uh, fit the standard you're watching for. But <laughs> it's it's a it's a very enjoyable uh, to get to talk to you. Uh, I have listened to some of your podcasts, and it's amazing uh, guest list that you always have. So uh, it is my pleasure to be on. Well, thank you. That, that, that's very kind of you to say so. So, um, so without further ado. Uh, Yasser, could you explain a little bit about your background uh, over the last 20, 30 years and how you've come into this crazy big world of IoT that we're in today? Um, definitely. So um, it's 35 years. Uh, it, feels, uh, it feels very quick, 35 years, because the technology has moved very, very fast. I mean, it's uh, uh, from the beginning years when I was uh, doing software design on an embedded system, uh, mission critical systems back then in uh, military and other uh, areas, uh, moved to telecommunication and that where the world of connected things start to happen. Like if, if, uh, if you go back, like let's say 30 years ago, when the move from uh, uh, regular cabling to the fiber optic to the wireless and then it all means how to connect things. And I remember back then, my uh, manager, John Visser, he used to be the head of IMT 2000 that's forming the 3G. He was telling me, whoever holds the content will hold the connection. So whoever provides the content will hold the connection. And I, back then, 30 years ago, I actually thought a lot about it, but I never thought it would be that fast that the content and connected devices is gonna really, really manage our life and also give us advantage of the networking and the technology that we're gonna use. So moving from telecommunication, which was wired uh, with things uh, that's called the center office, I don't know if 
some of the some of the some of your uh, uh, viewers probably will not know what central office is, but it's actually the telco term for a building that doesn't have any windows and it have all the switches in it. So the first uh, first innovation used to be like software writing for the switches, what to do, what services to do. They're moving it to wireless. So I was involved in the 3G PP2, which put the standard for location-based services. And that's going to come up later in my in my speech with you on how LBS, location-based services, was an awesome thing to use the cell phone towers and location to give services, uh, either it's emergency services or even commercial services of uh, you know, sending ads and so on for people who are in the same location. And of course, journey started with consumer electronics, working in Philips. Very first, that's the funniest one, the very first Bluetooth headset based on the very first chip that, uh, uh, that was developed back then, 2001 specifically, and it had 10 minutes battery life. And it was so big. <laughs> so it used to be that nickel... Uh, battery is not the lithium ion, so it has to be huge. A 10 15 minutes talk time, and it's just chopping and cutting all the time. But it was innovative, it's not connected. So, those, those things put in me the idea that we need to get rid of wires. It's just we need to get rid of wires. The, the, the 11, you know, the 802.11, the Bluetooth, the, the, the cabling, we can do a lot things on wireless so i got involved a lot in bluetooth and 11 uh, 11a b g etc so moving to the embedded uh wi-fi very first t36 uh, thinkpad that was designed in uh, yamato lab in uh, south of tokyo i actually lived one year in japan because uh, ibm used to be the, the laptop people used to be in yamato lab and they demanded the project leader to be in tokyo and we did the very first embedded mini PCI inside the, the laptop. So it went from T36 all the way to T44 when I was in Philips. So that was a journey. That was a learning of culture, um, understanding the entire uh, supply chain, how, what it means if uh, you're a chip vendor, but you have to worry about the entire ecosystem. It gives this a partnership level of, of what you need to do in technology. Moving very fast towards Qualcomm, and uh, creating the um, so after Philips, I went to ATI, the graphic uh, company. I, I was the head of programs for the uh, headset, uh, sorry, the handset. So Motorola Razor as a program was one of yeah. them, etc., uh, etc. Et then we moved to um, I moved to Qualcomm. Uh, first years before 3G was main thing, and I I led the very first embedded Wi-Fi chip to go in the phone for Qualcomm, and which is 11N, MIMO, multi-input, multi-output. So imagine in the phone. And people say, oh, that's an overkill. Like, what? who wants this speed on the phone? And I was like, ah, streaming videos, streaming media, that's what you need. Otherwise, it'll be choppy. And that's in 2007 and eight. And, and of course, things uh, explored, exploded after that. Um, exploded, I mean, in innovation, not exploded literally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about lithium ions as well. Sometimes you have to be careful what you're talking about. <laughs> so uh, then in, um, in, in Qualcomm, uh, uh, I was uh, leading the project to do open source. So that's, an, again, something to emphasize 
the uh, using together so so collaborating together with the industry i was fascinated with the open source software so um qualcomm used to have uh, only uh, proprietary software that goes like with a you know binary goes in the factory all to go that's it i found uh, with uh, a lead engineer a lead lawyer and uh, myself we created a company called quick qualcomm innovation center and um, code Aurora Foundation and stuff like that. So we made an open uh, source, open software uh, forum for Qualcomm code with projects and so on. And in the manufacturing of the phone, you stitch both software. See, there's like a make file to actually pull the software, the open source, and, and stitch it to make an image for the phone. And that was uh, an answer for Qualcomm to be an Android. Then what happened is they dominated the Android world, as you all know, for 3G. Went to China, also spent a lot of time in China, Shanghai, Shenzhen, and so on, to put a reference design for a smartphone. So this, the phone is a, is, a, is a recipe to build, which usually it used to be like BlackBerry, Nokia, Sharp, and, and big names. And then you want to democratize the things that's available for everyone to make to leave innovation for you know the last few innovation for the company owner of the brand so what i led uh, under cristiano and jeff lorbach was my boss in qualcomm uh, how to create a blueprint for a smartphone that anyone can do yeah. all what you need to do is innovate on top of course that led to the after that explosion of 3g and, and the xiaomi bob bbk oppo all that stuff came out of that then the IoT started, which basically was a challenge. Like, okay, we have a chip for a mobile phone. How can we do it for IoT? The whole IoT module is 10 bucks. How can you sell a chip of the mobile that's $30, $40? So there was some, let's call it secret sauce <laughs> how to do that. <laughs> and we were able to put, uh, and I was leading the uh, developer ecosystem and platform for IoT. So, but that's mean, everyone else partner, everyone else producer from the module all the way to app is part of this, let's let's say the created working group, global creating, which mainly are the manufacturer of the devices and the software provider. So you, you work with the open source software, like, uh, you know, all kind of uh, little groups in Europe and so on that created the like, device drivers and security system software and uh, bring it to those device manufacturers in Taiwan and China and Korea and so on. So that created a surge into what I call building the fabric because IoT is nothing new about IoT. As we, we kind of all know, we know that the payphone used to call if it's the can is full of coins, the, 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 the Pepsi or Coca-Cola machine used to call to fill, and that's a one-to-one. Uh, machine. It's not even machine to machine. It's like basically a flag that comes with a dedicated line. The internet uh, open up the possibility of exploding these messaging between devices. So now it's not you don't have to have a dedicated line to actually alert you to fill the can machine or whatever. It's actually available information for anyone with security and policies and so on uh, to be to utilize the internet and that is uh, what it needs, it needs the fabric on the land to actually be connected with each other so it actually can make sense with these messages. And that's where the IoT actually become an essential 
not only something good to have it's an essential we see it we see it every single day and i'm not exaggerating tom every single day there's thousands and thousands of devices get added those devices are not new particularly these devices can be um uh operating for 10 years not connected and suddenly they need to be connected so further up. so that's like the, the journey got me to iot and i'm more and more um convinced that our role in the in the in the industry and technology is more noble than just making money for stockholders it's actually saving human life saving the environment uh, monitoring waste uh, preventing fire preventing all these so now become the, the the work becomes more like it's an essential part of our work to actually advance and make sure it's a lower barrier to get people to be on the iot Long answer. No, it's it's fantastic. I'm just I love your passion, right? You know, you you started you started that off by saying 35 years, but you're as passionate as ever. It seems about it, you know. <laughs> yes, uh, and that, and that's wonderful. You know, moving from from wires to wireless. I love the line about content being king. You know, um, I I, ca- I came from a streaming media background, and we always talk about content being king. You know. So uh, it's it's wonderful, and of course the Philips days. So Philips is a company that's always been close to my heart. Uh, I remember it many many years ago, going to the factory, going to the factory in Bruges as well, where they used to make the TVs. Uh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. They so they they dominated the uh, very long some of the best IP for the TV tubes, for example, and then yes. many other things. They have it's it's a. It's a huge uh, IP list of things, and and of course, many monthly businesses. NXP came out, and but but you know, Philips is an interesting company to look at the history and how they um, diversed, and then uh, you know, many other thousands of companies came out of Philips people actually that created like startups and so on. Very yes, smart. yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really smart. The mothership, and of course, you know, things like Signify recently as well, and you know the. The different brands that have come out from it so uh and and it's been and it, you know a part, part of your background and and a, and a fabulous journey right into qualcomm for many years and of course now at aws um it's just so great to hear the passion and and you know your insights into this so i i guess one of the first kind of questions that i had for you uh and this and this could be a very long answer as well but it'd be interesting to see how you uh how you think about this what has changed in the IoT industry from, you know, when you first spoke about this machine-to-machine concept and, you know, the one-to-one, he was speaking about the Coke cans, et cetera. Yeah. You know, yeah. what has changed till now? Is it, is it the fact that it's more ubiquitous? Is it the fact that everything is becoming connected together? Uh, is, is that the main change that you see, Yasser? Um, I think... Uh, I think it's not that the technology now available. It's not that uh, services, devices now becoming available. It's more now the decision makers are able to see the value. So, so of course, availability of technology and availability of devices uh, help as as example. But as decision makers start to see what can happen and imagine what can be done, they start to say, wait a second, we can actually utilize this use case. And that is a core value. So, so I, I, as you know, I've been in, in Amazon for two years. So 
pretty bluntly, I'm not the person who drank Kool-Aid. And I think by now, um, it's very tough. <laughs> they, they say, what, you can't uh, teach a dog new trick, right? So you, you can't give me to drink a Kool-Aid. But I want to say, particularly, every activity, plan, a discussion of even budget or architecture starts and ends with customer requests and customer needs and what really will make customer have value. And that's one of the key leader principle of, of Amazon. And I believe it's a golden, golden value that for the company. And what changed is that when we start to reimagine what the customer wants and inform the customer what's the technology available for them to start utilizing it for use cases, it, the IoT starts to become essential. It, it's not anymore um, a cool thing to be part of or to try or a POC. It's not POC anymore, like a you know a proof yeah, of concept. Yeah. It's it's more like we gotta do it. Otherwise, we are losing value dollars on the on the on the on the you know we're just wasting money uh, or putting our people at risk or putting the environment at risk. Um, the amount of um, discovery, the IoT sensors and 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 uh, cameras and uh, that actually discover or make it make this information available through the cloud because if it sits in its place, it's not useful. So that's what I continue to say. And I always check it because I want to make sure that we use a, a accurate number. When we say there is about 90% of the, of the factories, industrial, as well as vehicle data locked in, even if it's not locked in in the facility, it's locked in with the on-prem, it's actually not using the power of internet to scale, to analyze, to act. And that's where AWS... 200 services. I mean, people say, why uh, companies, sometimes they're not active in IoT, sometimes they're not offering IoT. Well, there is, and why AWS is, there is 200 services available in AWS, like SageMaker, like Bedrock, like uh, um, DynamoDB, like analytic tools, that the IoT service connectors bring the data for you to say, okay, what do we want to do? We want to analyze. What do we want to do? We want to emulate. Uh, what do we want to do? Positioning, using the map. And I want to I want to give you how, back again to the essential, I want to give you an example of a customer. Um, the, um, the sensors, let's say sensors of uh, fire. Okay, let's say sensors for like carbon monoxide or fire. Um, the, the board is probably like 10 bucks. You know, call it, it's a LoRa one or using any, any kind of connectivity the, uh, uh, technology. And you put a battery that's five years or some of them 10 years even, and you have it monitoring somewhere in the middle of the Amazon or somewhere where there's a connectivity available. But by the way, LoRa one, for example, is great for rural because LoRa one has a very long uh, range, very low power. And all what you need is a, is a page. You don't need to stream video. You just like I'm a dead, I'm alive. Battery is low, battery is high. There is a fire, <laughs> something like that, right? So, or somebody moved me. <laughs> Imagine that. I'm being stolen. <laughs> so anyway, so so these these devices, they cost like ten dollars, twenty dollars, whatever it is, and they're put in a somewhere remote. 
and and then it's like a chain so you you put like every two three kilometers one and so on and then the deployment team put it and then this battery five to ten years teams will change companies will change even even new buildings will become and all of a sudden and look at the golden year i am so excited about it that i think it's very unique all of a sudden there is either a fire or a malfunction or the battery needs to be changed and then the new company who took the contract from the government to monitor this or the company after it all of a sudden they see an id and 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 where are they going to find this thing okay here it is look at this how exciting it is i did the lbs remember the lbs i told you about in the cellular yeah 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 when i looked at the team is doing in the past year it's it's already available it's like even released it's a it's a iot location service it uses it uses either your wi-fi or ip address or cellular or positioning system from the gps to locate you the device even if it's moving as as long as it's connected to iot core which is the cheapest available connection service to aws so critical to this is the varying connection points as well that you just mentioned you know, gps yeah. wi-fi and cellular because i think in the past you know some of the yeah. struggles that some of these devices have had is that they're locked perhaps to one form of connection the fact that it can just daisy chain off different yeah. is, is, is super important actually yasser isn't it? it it is extremely and you you actually start with allowing the service to be so easy to connect. There's something called Express Link, which which suddenly you can connect any connectivity device, a gateway or something, to the cloud, AWS cloud, with Tom, literally four minutes. I can get any, like I have some hardware here. I don't want to put brands on the on the TV. So on the on the but if you have a gateway and you want to say, okay, I want to connect this gateway to um, Amazon, my, my AWS account. You have an account you can create right away, the Visa card, whatever. And then you say, okay, I want to download Express Link. It's a call. It's a basically a call on a command line, four, four words. And in four minutes, you can see your device and activity on AWS. Wow. Um, it's frightening how easy it is, but it also makes it easy for developers and users to really utilize the service that's becoming essential monitoring remote monitoring and, and i think i think the i want to end this one during the 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 covid time the remote sensing remote monitoring um uh uh even like positioning it became more and more and more essential because now you don't have people bodies in the place you don't you don't have the human to actually give you the information you have to sense it you have to have the digital twin you have to have the camera you have to analyze you don't just record things and just you have mega 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 meta file that you have to dive into you have to use the ai to model it and and we're going to talk a little bit about AI. i wish because it's exceptional exceptionally uh, uh, bright but actually amazon have for that area yeah, yeah. I think well, I think that would be a great place to move on to, actually, Yasser, uh, is to talk about some of the emerging technologies that you're seeing coming to light and, and the impact of those both within IoT. I think it feels at the moment, actually, that we've just got this huge coalition of different technologies all 
advancing at, at, at pretty rapid rates, actually. Both, you know, yep. machine learning, you've got quantum, which is gaining pace, both quantum sensing, quantum computing, um, and, and of course, AI and the different forms of AI, you know, not just generative AI, but, you know, oh, yeah. all, all the different aspects. So focus is important on this. Otherwise, you're going to be like jack of all trades, master yeah. of nothing, right? So where do you see the most important, most essential to actually make the advancement in technology as well as customer journey, as well as partner journey? is I, I can say it's three areas, three vertical areas that we actually uh, have uh, the least utilized network connected information. I'll tell you what they are and explain a little bit. Industrial, home, pretty much like smart home, and uh, automotive. So we, t- we talked about industrial, the, the remote sensing, remote collection, and all like everything is for generation and generation. It's imprim, everything is imprim, like, and it's an advance of being networked uh, IoT devices in there. The home, smart home, I know about them because I was in Philips. It was Philips Lightning. Now it's becoming a different company name, um, and they are our customer. So my son decided he wants to flip his room to that and i said oh that's you know that's connected to our services this yeah and then i looked at it and i said this is such an easy thing you just plug in and it knows where it is it talks to each other and so on why not everything for the home is like that and that's where the advancement of integration that we are putting together so like a framework make it so easy for uh, manufacturer of the home devices like cameras and, and gateways as well as service providers it could be telcos it could be cable whoever in the, in the system that they can use a framework in the cloud for a smart home that they can actually utilize the no um, it's, it's basically an uh, easy setup so how Alexa does does work in, in, in setup when you plug in Alexa and then you plug echo you barely do anything you just like, they just know. And it's called frustration-free setup. That's called frustration-free, which is part of a patents system that Amazon has. And that will be available for the small... Imagine that everything works like Alexa. Imagine everything have a connectivity like the ring. Oh, something I want to mention is basically the for the smart home as well, is a sidewalk. So I don't yes. know if you know about sidewalk. Yes. So there's like hundreds of millions of available connection point for sidewalk for free that the manufacturer of the tap you know the water you know faucet the manufacturer of the lock they can utilize it to set up or to make like early warning let's say the battery is going bad or something or something is going on with the device make it easy for the consumer to set up all what you have to do is just put it on put the power it knows your network it's connected to everything it's connected to alexa here you go. Now, a lot of attempts happening from everywhere, and there's standards. There's many standards. So the key here is to be part of those standards. Like, you support uh, sidewalk, you support matter, you support these. These are important. Now, I have seen it, you've seen it probably, in industry, there's usually always this innovation becomes uh, like a, almost like horizontal, and then things will divert and become one again then you know remember the bluetooth remember the um, 
in many many technologies that started like mesh network and then they just disappear because in the end what the consumer will will pick the easiest one for them so the smart home although the word has been used for at least 20 to 25 years but now the user focusing on the user we need to make it easy for the user and that's where the innovation happens and that's where the service and the partner we're getting into the the vehicle is the same thing the software defined vehicle is one thing um we have uh, we have examples right now of how the software can get upgraded uh, you can even buy a feature by paying for the software the download do we know that and and but that's needs to be done not only one company or two company now the industry expected that a vehicle i can upgrade the vehicle update it debug it uh fix it um sell as a service like in a winter and in, in, in i lived in canada for for many years ottawa canada which basically it's a it's a it's a frigid capital and I and it's hot in the summer, <laughs> hot and humid. So if I can save on my car purchase or lease uh, by buying just a six months of heat or six months, of, if it really in the end, the bottom line would impact, let me do that, especially if it's a leased car. So these these models of use cases start to come up with value for the manufacturer and the customers that it translate because of the uh, software-defined uh, vehicle and the things that you can do in the automotive. So again, the three, industrial, smart home, and and and, and uh, the vehicle. That's where I think uh, we'll continue to develop for another at least five years before we see, uh, you know, uh, a, a good impact on the on the user and the consumer. Yeah, no, I mean, that's... Um... That's, 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 that's so important that you've touched on there, Yasser, around um, ubiquitous connections, but also ease of use, actually. Because I think sometimes we can all get a little bit blasé to the fact that the, the, the common man, common woman, perhaps doesn't know the technology yeah. as well as we do. Um, and so you have early adopters, but then you've got you know it to become mainstream, and it should just be super simple. Because without oh, it being super simple... It won't yep. scale. It won't work. Right? No. no, and you want to make sure that you maintain the security and scalability and reliability yes. because when you have billions of devices connected, people's life, people's privacy, and that's something that we 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 are very very proud of in AWS. So we, we bring the security that the the, the um, uh, uh, all the all the I would say lines of defense that's available in the cloud mm. all the way to the edge. With all its mighty, so so, this is essential. Our security is like job zero for us always, and even if it's a simple sensor, we have services in IoT. It's called uh, Device Defender, for example, and even if it goes offline in a pattern that is not usual, it will alert. There's something wrong. Mm-hmm. So you can see if it's something hacked or something, immediately you cut it off, you examine it and so on. So those are the tools that's available for our customers. Yeah. I think um, I think the security element, as you say, um, it should never be overlooked or neglected, actually. Um, because I think historically the, the problem with IoT is it's low cost, low functionality, low RAM, uh, low sophistication. Um, but Amazon have done very well with this, actually, as you mentioned. Defender and in in bringing the secure uh, by design principles at the yeah. very start yeah. and building upwards, 
Uh, and again, you know, it, 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 we, we cannot stress how important this is when you have three billion yeah, devices. I call it the it. skin. I call it the skin. So the skin is the largest, uh, the largest organ of the body that's yeah, connected okay. to the entire elements. IoT devices is like the skin for the technology. Like it's it's so exposed. So so if we don't bring it all the way to the end, and not only have like one line of security, three or four, and also encryption. So even my own engineers cannot access data of a customer. My own engineer, like of course me, I I don't look at code anymore. You know that, Tom. So <laughs> so, so basically, because it is it is extremely sacred that when we say customer privacy and and, and data uh, um, uh, private data you know security is so important for us, essential. Um, we mean it, and we build through it, and that's its principle. Just going over a little bit to the AI on, the, on this situation specifically. Um, so Amazon, 23 years or more, been collecting uh, foundation model. We use AI for all of our businesses. It's like IoT. So one of the differences about IoT and Amazon is like we have IoT used in data center, in warehouses, in the car. Even I have the Rivian here. The Rivian. Okay. Uh, so the, 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 I remember the software VP of uh, when I was talking to him in Rivian, he said, this is basically IoT in wheels because it has so many camera sensors that's working with our service. But the, so does a lot of businesses, Amazon, the, Go, the Amazon Go store, for example, they are connected to IoT. These services is what's available to the customer. How good is Amazon services and, and deliveries and, and mapping and all those things and data center uh, uh, security and so on. It is, it's a, it's a, a world-class. Yes. Those exact services available for every customer that wants them. Yes. Who will walk away from this? That's, yes. that's really what's the pride I'm taking in. So back to the AI discussion is we're collecting all these models and, you know, of course, because we need them for the robotics and so on. We have a whole facility with robotics. So you need to have. And all of a sudden we say, oh, okay, okay, we have it available for customers. We actually have 100,000 customers using AI, you know, stuff that we have, libraries and so on. The consumer level uh, intelligent, like uh, write me better email or something, I asked the, the team about it, like the team who was my, one of my peers, VP, actually, he's, he's running it. I said, can't we just do that? He said, yeah, we did it in 24 hours. So we actually have an app, <laughs> internal app, in 24 hours that actually can do, write me better email. This is a, because there's so much asset. Here is one essential thing I wanna, I wanna, I wanna link the security to this one. Thanks again for IoT Tech Expo Europe for sponsoring today's episode. IoT Tech Expo Europe brings together Europe's brightest minds to talk about cutting edge technologies in one place. Experience top level discussions, innovative IoT innovations and strategies. Mark your calendars for the 26th and 27th of September 2023 when IoT Tech Expo Europe returns to the vibrant city of Amsterdam. I'll be there, will you? Get your tickets at iottechexpo.com slash Europe. The link will be in the description. So when the customers start to use, and some of them are, and some of them actually, um, I'm proud of it, uh, being from the Middle East, I'm Arab, um, grew up in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. I'm also 
very proud the Falcon, Project Falcon in the United Arab Emirates. So what it means is like all these assets that we talked about and dozens of tools available, so more to come, more to come, by the way, is available for you. Then, then, once you start teaching your, you know, training, you do in training for your system, that's your private data. Exactly the same like the data of the NASDAQ and the U.S. banks and all that stuff and the defense, how it is secure. And no one will use your foundation model forever. Yeah. Now that's unique. It's, it, it's, it's, it's incredible. I think, I think with Amazon and, and AWS, you, you said it at the start of the podcast, it's what does the customer want, right? What is the customer's request? And it's almost like that famous book by Simon Sinek, Start With The Why. You know, you're starting with the customer. Start it is there. The you know that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, I got challenged some of the time. Press said, what if the customer doesn't know what, what uh, okay. you know, they want? And which is true. Sometimes, like, mm. they're struggling. Um, and you see a system, again, not a, not a cool aid drink thing. They have this, well, they, we... <laughs> We have this executive visioning sessions and executive, uh, uh, basically like think uh, uh, thinking discussions to reimagine the use case the customer have. So when a customer comes to us, say, I have tons of data. And this is a true story. I have two large customers, very large customers, very large, like top, top 100, top 50 even. They said, I've been collecting data for nonstop five years and I have no idea what to do with it. Like, what? okay, I'm collecting data. I'm paying X company the, 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 the fees and all that. And I said, exactly the services that we have in AWS will let you. Do you want to analyze it? Do you want to simulate it? Do you want to have it as an ML so system that you can actually use? Uh, for, for and then we start imagining for them the value they can see. Um, a big car manufacturer, big car manufacturer. I'm gonna strike no no names, but I'm gonna give you an example of it. They always had connected cars for data. You know the the OnStar and Analytics. It's been there forever. I mean, sometimes they they go to the shop download. Sometimes they send it by by like a a 2G modem or LTE modem, and and we know that. But then they found that if they actually have the data in AWS and use the tools, the other 200 service available tools, they see so much value. Suddenly, they, they brought in their cars. We have in the IoT. Basically, it's connecting IoT. Remember, IoT is connector. IoT is not the cloud. Mm-hmm. So, so, but we have those services to connect to the cloud. And they have, they have millions of their cars around the world now connected to IoT. And suddenly the spending in AWS, which used to be like almost nothing, uh, it just went tenfold. Yeah. Because when you use the service based on you, like uh, it's used as you go and whatever you want to go, you want to analyze every month, every week. Every, it depends if you have like a car that's cost half a million dollars, you want to analyze every day. If you have a car that costs $30,000, you want to analyze every month maybe. Mm-hmm. And that compute and storage with a fee is is what they pay and and it depends on the customer but the point is they have access to the 200 tools or services that they have and that's i think that's brilliant that's brilliant what they've done in aws yes 
Well, I mean, that's, that's one of the fantastic things about AWS is, is the fact that, you know, it's almost a one-stop shop, really, for customers, isn't it? You know, uh, if they need to talk to someone, you know, about security, they can talk about Defender, if they want to talk about Digital Twins, they can talk about Twin Maker, and, and there's yeah. all, and all these different elements, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because the customer, like the consumer, doesn't really kind of uh, care how it's done. They care it is done. And it's done well, and, and and of course, costs can come into it, but Absolutely. it's about it coming out in and actually being uh, in the market, and that's what's really really important. And and I think that's one of the things that's um, you know made AWS so prominent in IoT over the years is that ability to offer uh, yeah. multiple different angles. Yes, and and that comes back to the to the three vertical that we're focusing, and they're becoming one. Like for example, I have another huge two areas I'm looking at. Uh, the robotics and the space yes. as well, and uh, it's 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 definitely if you look at the trends. And I've asked, I got to ask this question uh, multiple times actually because everybody wants to know if anyone have a crystal ball. Nobody does have crystal ball, but but as you see how things are based on the previous pattern, we have our own AI. So usually you you kind of do. I think in the next five years or so, the robotic element of the technology will increase a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and and starting the vehicle itself, if you think about vehicle, there's so much decision the vehicle will start to do that is robotic mm-hmm. uh, than, than now. Uh, of course, there'll be more dependence on that as well and talking, car talk to each other and avoiding each other for accident and all that stuff, all these scenarios. Uh, and also like in human help. So uh, I don't know if you, I'm sure you saw that one. Uh, the IMT um, press that was done, I think, three weeks ago on Friday ah, in Geneva. Yes. Yes, okay. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I watched it. I watched the 45 minutes because when I was in Qualcomm, Qualcomm have actually done a lot of good job in, in those edge devices because of the, the power of the of the Snapdragon. Mm-hmm. So I was, I did lead a couple of robotic projects, actually, big, big ones, a uh, couple of, uh, one Japanese, one Korean companies. And Six years ago, six years ago, and we we ported to Linux, etc., etc., etc. And when I was watching, and I know what it can do, what it takes to do this, and what it takes with the cameras, and the, and I said, give it another three years, and we're gonna sell a human companion for old age people in 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 the homes. Give it three years, and. I have two elderly mothers. My mother-in-law is about 80. My mom is 80. And I know how much help they need to move around. Imagine if you have like an iRobot. iRobot, now it's a vacuum, right? It's getting so smart. Like an iRobot, you get actually an assistant to hold their hand, to give them medication, to read their essential, to report everything, make a call, make a Zoom call or like whatever. Think about it. I wouldn't ever feel it's uh, it's not going to happen within three years. So I would say three to five years of very big advancement in robotic with, with using AI and using all the services. And then simulation will start to happen. What ifs? And that's more use of AI, collecting the data, and also generate what could happen, like a crowd control, um, uh, sea bottom floor impact on from the buildings uh, and you start to simulate these things to make life better for the human as well as the environment remember the noble thing i said in the beginning 
if it's not for those and it's just for economy money oh i think we can uh, do much better in uh, yes. financial or whatever right i mean yeah that's yeah. exactly what's the generate the passion towards to do better and always better and and focus on those things which starts from the customer and the end user yeah i i mean that resonates with me i mean you know my business that owns this podcast is called five values right and we talk about using technology as a force for good and it's a positive yeah. anchor that we're continually yeah. talking about i couldn't help but think when you were just talking about the uh the, the robotic companion of that film with the late robin williams was it bicentennial man i think it was. <laughs> you remember that film yes uh, yes i was thinking about that it's very very similar concept but but of course that, that that's that's a lovely thing isn't it about the technology and the advancements of this technology absolutely within three to five years i mean that just feels like such a quick time it'll go it'll go behind the blink of an eye and we will talk about it we will talk about it i'm sure yeah. we will. yeah it's absolutely it's absolutely incredible um i mean that gets me on really really nicely to to kind of final part of uh, today yes is it the future and how you see the future of iot shaping up um, yeah. So one piece that would be really interesting for our viewers and listeners today, because we have a lot of ins aspiring individuals either, you know, going through graduation at the moment or just getting into the world of embedded software and, and are very interested in IoT. What advice would you give to those aspiring engineers looking to embark on their journey in IoT? Um, the number one rule. I give to anyone that actually getting into this, either even like uh, new grads or a change of, um, a, a, let's say a change of activity for someone, is be completely open mind to collaborate. IoT is never an individual uh, technology. It's a, it's a team sport. It will never work. It will never succeed if it's not open minded to partners and and working together. Um, it is hard sometimes as individuals are very, um, uh, you know, proud of what they want to do and they want to do it alone. That has to break a little bit. We have to think as, uh, as a group, as collaborators, because what, what is good I can do, if you add it, what's good somebody else's do, I don't have to waste my time to do it because I can use it. I do it in my team as well. Sometimes I have like a bunch of engineers working on something like protocol. And I said, why you're working on that let's partner with this x company we do it together we go to gtm to go to market together and make sure the customers see the advance of one plus one is truly two not like wait for us in the six months wait for us another year so collaboration is key and it starts from habit so when you open when you're developing software talk to, to your colleagues talk to your partners about what you want to do you will find tremendous amount of positivity and ideas that you can add to your journey um i i actually personally i use something i live by i always say plan for life as if it's you're living forever so your your target uh, you can build the 10 years plan and 15 and 20 but but build legacy as if you are leaving life tomorrow so that gives value to, if you are doing something, make sure it leaves a legacy for others to use. Even if you think that you're gonna just leave life tomorrow. So everything have meanings in your life that actually, yes, you plan as if you're never gonna leave, you're gonna continue. But 
always think that one day, maybe tomorrow, you're gonna leave this work or leave it, leave a good legacy. That's that's the way I run by. That's that's absolutely lovely, you know, and um, and I think it's so poignant when we talk about IoT because I, I believe the Oxford English Dictionary says that IoT is connecting objects and environments to the internet. So by definition, it, it means that. that we need to connect and we need 100%, to work together. 100%. It, it, and we have to build it in ourselves first, starting from graduation, how yeah. to work together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's been absolutely incredible having you on, on the show. You're so passionate. And I could, I could listen to you for hours uh, talking about IoT. And, mm-hmm. and I can see why you've had such a tremendous career. But we're going to get into the wrap-up now. And there's a couple of questions that I want to, uh, I want to yeah. ask you. Um, we have um, the same question that we ask most of our guests each week. Um, and the first one is, at the end of 2023, so at the time of recording, it's late July 2023, at the end of this year, um, what IoT um, prediction do you have um, that you would like to come true? So in terms of a technology or some form of release, that, something that we've cracked in IoT, yeah. and what, yeah. what do you hope that to be this year? Uh, to me, there's two essential areas that I really, uh, and I see the energy around the world for that. Unlocking the data of the factories to become connected with IoT. Um, there is billions of dollars initiatives and activities that's going around the world with the big names uh, to unlock the factory data to make more better economics for the for the companies and better safety as well for the workers. Uh, that is essentially my my priority to see in by twenty twenty three we're going to see more of that, much more of that, which will utilize a digital tool like TwinMaker, the, the tool we have. And it's not it's not just going to be um, an, a cool thing to see 3D of a factory. It's actually getting the data and context of all the historian data inside the factory to, to make, make a meaningful analytic for the customer of what they can do better. I think 2023, by the end, this will increase a lot, will be very visible. The other piece is a lot on the vehicle. So there is an acceleration of connecting the data of the vehicle like ADAS, like uh, uh, pollution, like uh, status to to the cloud to give ability for the companies, either, either the manufacturing company or the insurance companies or the fleet management company, more means to operate with high value, higher value for themselves, as well as protecting the general environment and the people. I think we're very, very close to get some meaningful move to that. And to me, those are the two areas that I feel um, uh, utilizing the the tools, as specifically the AI, because that's where, when you get the data, I remember I told you about the top 50, they, they have tons of data, they don't know what to do with it. When you start using the services like the, you know, the Bedrock and the um, SageMaker and so on, then you're gonna make sense out of what you're seeing and created window, green window, yellow window, red window about, okay, your operation is, is, is not going the right direction or going the right direction, you repeat what you're doing good. Um, this is uh, tangible. And this is my personal monitor on success, actually, by the end of 23, we're going to see a lot more than that in yeah. that area. 
I think reinvent this year will be phenomenal on on uh, on how these things connected to more analytics and uh, making sense for the for the value for the customer. Yeah, nice. I, I'm going to look forward to that. Yeah, I think I think I, I completely agree with you on both of those points, especially around the data piece. Um, it's not so much it's not so much anymore the collection of the data; it's the interpretation of it. And yep. actually, how you can how you can make informed decisions from it. So I think that's a that's a great that's a great comment that you've made there. Um, I have a question from our audience: um, As IoT devices become more interconnected, what are your thoughts on potential security vulnerabilities and the need for more proactive measures? And of course, we touched upon this earlier today. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think this is. Uh, again, on the skin idea, right? Like you, you are the most exposed outside, behind, uh, be, like uh, I would say, uh, outside your walls. So you, it's not, it's not even a joke. It's a very important, essential to double down or understanding your security. So we have, we have something that we we do practice in, in generally every now and then. We call it game day. So what we do is like every now and then we create an answer. Well, the engineers will have to react, making a muscle memory for what to do if there is an incident. It could be like security, it could be anything. And that muscle, and it's repetitive. We repeat it and we look at percentage of growing. And because if in normal life, you kind of do what you do, but then when you get to a, like a, a catastrophic situation, uh, I don't want people to or the generally AWS doesn't want people to figure out, oh, let's open the manual, let's like find out what to do. So we create these game days to make sure there is a muscle memory to react. And there's so many clever initiatives, the game day, the, the muscle memory, um, you, you know, businesses would learn a lot just actually how to do business yeah. from looking at yeah. AWS. You know, and there's things, there's things out there on the internet about you know, how to interview, how to, have, how to hold meetings. And it's always so fascinating. Um, yeah, so thank you for sharing that. Uh, normally, at this point, uh, we ask a couple of quick-fire questions, but you you inadvertently answered one of them earlier, and I'm just going to ask you to repeat this. So the quick-fire question I have was, what is a motto that you live by in life? And you mentioned it earlier, and I thought it was, oh. so, lo- I thought it was so lovely. I think we're going to end the show by repeating that. I will, I will repeat it. And it is... Uh, so So... It is a it's a very cultural source in Arabic as well. Um, it's a very well known uh, motto in life that you 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 want to plan for life as if you're living forever, and prepare for legacy as if you're passing tomorrow. Wonderful. It's, that's pretty pretty much what it is. That's wonderful. That's absolutely wonderful. Yeah, so thank you so much for coming on to the IoT podcast. Um, in terms of where people can find out more about you and AWS, IoT, I, I assume they can just type in your name into a well-known search engine and, and everything will come up. <laughs> and LinkedIn and other places. So I'm, 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 I wish I have a lot of time to to, to, to convey my, my experience to especially younger generation. I feel it's a duty. It's a duty. We are lucky to to see, especially in our era, we're lucky to see the connected world through wires, then the wireless, then the internet. And we, we've seen it all uh, from beginning of the explosion of IP and internet. I remember my days in college, we actually connected through a TN line, you know, like, yeah. and, 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 and it was, it was 
unbelievable moment when we start to see BBC uh, library online from Saudi Arabia all the way to London. And it was like, oh my God, we can see the world now. <laughs> so anyway, great talking to you, Tom. Great talking to you as well. Yeah, so thank you so much for coming on to the IoT podcast. Thank you. Take care. Thank you once again to IoT Tech Expo Europe for sponsoring today's episode. Once again, please get your tickets. The link will be in the description. Thanks for tuning in to the IoT podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you're on. See you next week for more IoT talks and tales.